0: Listener Production. Hello, you are listening to The Briefing. I am Jan Fran and a question for you. How did you spend your day yesterday? Were you, I don't know, glued to your computer, frantically trying to get Taylor Swift tickets? <laughs> I took my kid to playgroup. Katrina and his playgroup teacher was on her phone the whole time apologising profusely, <laughs> saying she needed to get these tickets for her daughter daughter.
1: Oh my goodness, that's pretty much three out of four people that I know were doing the same thing. Um, Today on The Briefing, I'm going to be looking into the business of being... Taylor Swift. So, this concert has been one of the biggest to hit this country with inflated ticket prices up to 100 times the original value. And there's even talk of Taylor Swift being responsible for a future inflationary spike. Taylor Swift has risen
2: to the top because I think she has chosen to sacrifice some part of her privacy
1: in exchange for that level of fame and success. Yeah, so she's become so in demand. That update, two more concerts have been added, February 18 in Melbourne and February 26 in Sydney. How did all this get so big? How Swiftonomics has swept the country? That chat with Michelle Andrews from The Shameless Podcast is coming up after today's headlines. It is Thursday, June 29. Well, we are starting with an update
0: on the Titan submersible debris has been pulled out of the ocean. Now, this, of course, follows last week's fatal implosion during its voyage to the wreck of the Titanic, which killed five people. So what's happened now is that Canadian authorities have managed to retrieve 10 twisted chunks of the 6.7 metre submersible, and this includes a porthole, as well as the vessel's landing frame. So this debris is pretty important because it's going to form a key piece of the investigation into exactly what happened. Now, Kat, there's no official word yet on the recovery of the bodies and no human remains have been found thus far in the initial search. But with every day that passes, I imagine that just gets harder and harder.
1: Yeah, audio tapes and data recordings from the bridge of the mothership, the Polar Prince, have also been seized. Um, they're going to form part of the investigation too. It's now been six days since that debris field was discovered, as you said, about 500 metres from the Titanic. We could be spared another rate hike when the Reserve Bank meets next Tuesday. That's because we've got new monthly figures out showing inflation has fallen sharply to 5.6%. That's down from 6.8% the month before and well below what it was in in December when it peaked at 8.4%. So now we've got inflation at its lowest level since last April. Hooray! Maybe. Yes,
0: hooray. exactly. I think that maybe is really important. You know, we're reporting the monthly figures, and part of me is like, I don't want to hear about this ever again. <laughs> but I do just want to say that economists and and you know, this seems to be a sort of the general consensus. Say that the consideration of another rate rise is still on the table, still on the table, people. But that mm. come July, so come the next meeting, there's just a higher possibility they might pause it for that month only, and then sort of reassess. So. Hooray, maybe.
1: Yeah, and that's because they're thinking that in August when the CPI figures come out, that's when potentially the Reserve Bank could have one last go at uh, raising interest rates then. So I guess we'll just all wait and see.
0: Well, Chris Dawson has been found guilty of having a sexual relationship with a former underage student. The 74-year-old former teacher previously pled not guilty. This was after being charged with carnal knowledge of a girl aged 10 to 17. So he is currently behind bars uh, because he's been convicted of the murder of his wife, Lynette, last
1: year. (laughs) In London, the jury who will decide the fate of actor Kevin Spacey have now been sworn in. Spacey faces charges of sexually assaulting four men. Some of those alleged crimes were committed as long ago as two decades ago. The 63-year-old has pleaded not guilty to a dozen charges, including sexual assault and indecent assault and causing a person to engage in sexual activity without consent.
0: Yeah, meanwhile, there's another US lawsuit pertaining to a high-profile sexual assault case, uh, Katrina. This time, Donald Trump uh, is suing E. Jean Carroll for defamation. So this is a woman who sued Donald Trump, alleging that he had raped her and the jury found that he had sexually abused her and compensated her rather handsomely. Now in a counterclaim, Trump claims that Carol defamed him when she appeared on CNN the morning after the jury had awarded her $7.6 million in damages, and that's because when she was asked about the verdict in a civil trial, mind you, finding that Trump had sexually abused her but did not rape her, as she alleged, she said, oh, yes, he did, and that's what he's suing over. Hmm.
1: And Taylor Swift has now broken an Australian record, uh, as we spoke about at the beginning of the show. The figures are in: over four million fans across the country tried to buy tickets in the second pre-sale for her highly anticipated Eras Tour yesterday, and that is the most ever. Ticketek also stopped half a billion bots yesterday, which largely come from ticket scalpers.
0: Oh my goodness! I thoughts and prayers. To the people who made the Tech website, congratulations. As far as we know, it didn't crash. Fending off half a billion bots. That's a lot of bots. So the Sydney pre-sale tickets apparently sold out at 2pm. Melbourne tickets sold out just past 4pm. And here's Mm. a very quirky thing. If you were one of the people who tried to buy them at work, but you didn't get through, it might have been because you're on the same Wi-Fi as other people trying to buy tickets as well. So Ticketek's privacy policy apparently automatically recognises and stores a visitor's IP address. So that means if there's a number of different devices on one Wi-Fi, it gets treated as one person.
1: (gasps) Oh, my goodness.
0: I'm sorry if that happened to you, if you thought you would, you know, sneakily buy in those tickets at work, but so was everyone else and that's why you didn't get it.
1: I feel like parking inspectors, anyone who works at Ticketek at the moment is kind of the most hated person in the country. If you didn't get a ticket, people who did get a ticket, they love Ticketek. (laughs) And that's what I'm going to be talking to Michelle Andrews from the Shameless podcast about. How did this tour become such a cultural moment? and how did Taylor Swift become so big? Getting a ticket to Taylor Swift's Eras Tour has become a national sport this week. I don't know how many people I know who spent hours cursing at the Tiki Tech website and then walking away empty-handed. The pop superstar has now become the second richest self-made woman in music after Rihanna. I mean, look, this era's tour could actually catapult her into becoming a billionaire. This week, the Victorian government even had to announce they're giving her concert major event status, with reports some scalpers are reselling her tickets for up to $30,000 each. Michelle Andrews is one of the hosts of The Shameless Podcast, and she joins me to explain how all of this got so big. Michelle Andrews, thank you so much for joining us on The Briefing. Give us the rundown. What is it about <laughs> this era's tour that's so much bigger than just any other concert tour? It's it's a whole cultural moment.
2: It is. It really is. I think primarily... The thing to keep in mind with the Era's tour is that it has been years since Taylor Swift has toured. I went to her last concert. I've been to almost every single one and that was (laughs) Reputation, the last tour she did here. And she's had so many albums since then. We had Lover, Evermore, Folklore. We also had her most recent album, Midnight. So she's released so much and we've got to keep in mind that she's releasing music that kind of touches so many different kinds of music lovers. She's got such a repertoire, whether that was country music where she started, pop music, or kind of the more folky sound that she's explored recently. She has so many fans because she has put out so many different kinds of music across her career.
1: This is the thing. Uh, You know, even artists who, I don't know whether how many people would have heard of Ryan Adams. He's won a few Grammys. Mm. He's kind of big in that country space. He recorded, re-recorded her entire 1989 album just because he said, look, Taylor Swift is one of the greatest songwriters to have ever graced this earth. Mm. She does have chops. She does. And As with everything,
2: I think when someone rises to the very top of their industry, there will be naysayers. There will be people who say she's not as good as what everyone thinks. But I think the proof is in the pudding. I don't know why I've been using that saying so much in my life (laughs) recently, but the proof is in the pudding with Taylor Swift. She has risen to the top because she is clearly tapping into something that so many people love. And I think we do tend to deride things that are popular. I think a lot of people like to say that they're counterculture or they don't love the thing that everyone else loves. But Taylor Swift is where she is because she has such a talent and I think she's been very, very good at making it well known that she's not just a skilled singer. She's also a really skilled songwriter and she has made that crystal clear to everyone. She's been very intentional with putting that out into the public domain to say, I'm not just your typical pop star I'm an incredible storyteller too.
1: All of this success, uh, do we know about the impact that that has had on her private life? I mean, she can't go anywhere. She's got Swifties who are die-hard fans. Mm. They are at a whole other level.
2: They are. What I would say about Taylor Swift, though, is that she has on some level encouraged that. That's not to say that the intrusion on her personal life would be difficult. I imagine it would be incredibly difficult as it would be for a whole range of A-list celebrities. But Taylor Swift has risen to the top because I think she has chosen to sacrifice some part of her privacy in exchange for that level of fame and success. A lot of her songs are written about breakups. She's written songs about her mother's cancer. She has written about grief before. There have been, there's been a lot of speculation she's even written songs about a miscarriage. So I, I think with Taylor, she is willing to go there with her fans. And I think as well, she really invites her fans to participate in kind of the game that is following Taylor Swift. She has this whole clue economy with them where she gives them Easter eggs to get them invested in upcoming albums or invested in upcoming re-records even. I mean, the fact that she's been able to garner such excitement and interest in re-releasing records and albums that have already been out for over a decade. I think she is a magician when it comes to cultivating interest. And yes, that would come at a huge cost, but I think she is such a smart businesswoman. She knows that's sometimes the price you pay when it comes to being an A-lister.
1: It has been super hard to avoid spoilers for the era's tour. I mean, there's Taylor Mm. Swift content all over TikTok right now. What do we know? What have we seen?
2: We know a lot. I think if you are a diehard Taylor Swift Stan, you've probably seen so much of the concert already chopped up on social media. I think I know the concert almost start to end and I haven't <laughs> gone yet. I have already got my ticket actually. I managed to get a ticket in Monday's Amex pre which is wow. exciting. Expensive, yeah. but exciting. Yeah. And It is hard. I think it's hard to keep a level of intrigue up when so much content is online. But one thing her team has been clever with is that they do have this surprise song element in the show. So every show she's rotating new songs in, she's doing acoustic covers of some of her work as well. And I think that is a small thing that can keep people excited for what's to come because there is that slight change concert to concert. And it has kind of become this this trend on TikTok to predict what song is going to come to your city or what she's going to perform at your city to make it that little bit special or make it that little bit different.
1: I saw it written that she's now in her Forbes era. Uh, She's (laughs) the second richest self-made woman in music after Rihanna. What do you know about the business strategy that's at play here?
2: Well, I think Rihanna and Taylor have gone about this in very different ways. Rihanna... I know she released a single last year, I believe, but she hasn't actually released an album in maybe six or seven years now. Rihanna's made the bulk of her fortune through her beauty company, Fenty. So she really diversified the way she was going about this. She also has her lingerie brand. Taylor is a different story. Taylor has kind of followed the philosophy of two centimetres wide, a kilometre deep. She's gone music, 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 and that's it. She hasn't really done many endorsements or many products outside of her music career. And I mean, they've both been exceptionally successful at the two different routes that they've gone down. They've just done it very differently when it's come to business. Taylor, I think will always want to be known as a songwriter, singer, storyteller. The only thing I could see her doing down the line would be going into filmmaking or going into writing books maybe, but I can't see her launching a brand in the same way that we've seen the Selena Gomez's Ariana Grande's, I don't see Taylor going down that path.
1: Well, I mean, there's talk that she might not have to because this era's tour could in fact make her a billionaire. There's Mm. even been some speculation about the possible inflationary impact that that could have on the Australian economy. (laughs) And while we laugh about that, I mean, when Beyonce went to Sweden, um, she bumped up uh, inflation there by I think it was one or two percentage points. So, Mm. you know, with people coming into these major capital cities from all over Australia, I mean, come on. I live in Brisbane. She's not coming here. So we'll all have to go to Sydney or Melbourne if we want to see her. We're spending money at restaurants and bars and hotels. It it is plausible.
2: Yeah. And look, I'm not an economic expert, so I I can't speak to the maths behind that because truthfully, I have no idea how that works. (laughs) I just know what young women love and the vast majority of young women and men and non-binary people love Taylor Swift and want to support Taylor Swift. I mean, I look around our Shameless Media office, we're almost a team of 10 and every team member except for one is planning on buying tickets. Half the girls already have their hands on tickets. The other half are incredibly anxious about what the rest of this week might hold. Tensions are high. I've got to say, this is, this is a big event for young people. My partner <laughs> wants to come. My brother wants to go. This is not just women. I think that would be mischaracterizing it. I think there's a huge now, huge element of FOMO. People don't want to miss out. People know this will be a big thing. They know everyone will be talking about it. And it's exciting. Even if it's not good for the economy, maybe I think it's exciting.
1: (laughs) Of course, this has um, put the spotlight on scalping laws around Australia and how inconsistent they are state to state. The Victorian government has just announced that they're going to give the Taylor Swift concert major event status so that those tickets can't be resold at, Mm. you know, the inflationary prices. We were seeing some of them resold for as much as $3,000. It's just not fair and it's so heartbreaking when people have really been trying for hours to get their hands on those tickets.
2: It really is. And I can't overstate how difficult it is to get tickets either. I mean, I'm a pop culture junkie. So my whole job is to go to these kinds of events. And as I said, I've been to almost every Taylor Swift concert in the past, but when it came to buying tickets, it was very tricky and fans are waiting in queues online for hours. There is such high demand for this stuff. It is frustrating that people are seeing it as a bit of an opportunity to make some money when they don't actually want to go. But I think it's just the unfortunate reality with these things. When you're seeing the biggest pop star in the world come here, of course, people are going to be opportunistic, unfortunately. But I actually think a pretty good job has been done
1: to prevent scalpers and to prevent people being opportunistic in that way. And we've had a little chat about where to next, maybe artistically for Taylor Swift, Mm. but... What do you see creatively with her evolution and keeping her fans along for the ride? I mean, she hasn't had a baby yet. Mm. Um, She just seems to never grow old, but one day she will, just like Madonna did.
2: (laughs) Well, actually, it's funny because this is all coming about at a time when Kylie Minogue is topping charts with her new song, Padum Padum. So I wonder if maybe that's not even on the agenda for Taylor. Maybe it is is. She's just gotten out of a long-term relationship though and she's now committed to this tour for at least the next 18 months I think it is. So maybe that's just not in her plan like it wasn't for Kylie Minogue really and maybe their sights are set elsewhere and I think one thing about Taylor Swift is she is prolific. She doesn't go very long without releasing a new album and every album feels different and seems different. So I I don't think she'll necessarily be slowing down from here. I think if anything, she's ready to ramp things up after the COVID pandemic. She was essentially out of action and not touring for almost three years, but I think she's kind of come back full force and she's ready to run harder than she was before.
1: Well, Michelle, you prefaced this interview off air by saying, I don't know everything there is to know about Taylor (laughs) Swift, but I actually think you do. (laughs) So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thanks for having me. That was Michelle Andrews, one half of the Shameless podcast. And update, two more concerts have been added February 18 in Melbourne and February 26 in Sydney. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. Ticketek has since revealed there is no queue as such, and that everyone in the Ticketek lounge has an equal opportunity to get tickets no matter when they arrived. So in other words, it doesn't matter if you arrived at 9.30 a.m. or 12 midday, if you're still in the queue at 12.30 p.m., you have an equal chance of being randomly selected. So whether or not you choose to refresh your browser, well, that's up to you.
2: Listener.